We're thrilled right now because our good buddy Logan Parks is here in studio with us. Logan, how are you, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, man. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. We're excited to talk with you. Tom, kind of give folks the proper introduction <laughs> for Logan Parks. I'm going to put you on the spot so, here. So, okay. Well, well, my main thing is, that, so for anybody out there listening, uh, you know, obviously with Auburn, you got football, you got baseball, you got basketball, done great in equestrian, doing great in gymnastics. Uh, but bass fishing. Auburn has one of the elite bass fishing teams in the entire country and logan parks has been one of the main reasons why uh that bass team has gone to the the heights that it has so uh and now uh, you've already graduated correct and uh and now logan is uh fishing the uh, bass master opens and uh in hopes of trying to get onto the elite series which is the top level in the uh, bass so uh that's a little bit about logan but uh logan how you doing man i'm good man that was uh pretty good intro i don't know <laughs> if i could you can credit me with all auburn team success you know they got a lot of really good members but right. i'm gonna brag on them a little bit they uh we were ranked number two in the country this year yeah. to finish the season as the number two school in the nation so very strong team we got here at auburn why what? is auburn good at fishing is there any reason in particular man there's a lot that goes into it but you know mainly the guys on the team got yeah. a big diverse group of guys that know a lot of different uh fisheries we got uh, some international students we got a guy from canada and a guy from zimbabwe so wow. we got guys from pretty much all over the country california i've got a good friend from california on the team just guys from everywhere and you know they fished a lot of different fisheries so when we travel across the country they know what to expect at some of these places and we work together as a team to kind of clue each other in and just dominate man how does it work because this is this is obviously not like an sec sanctioned sport or something like that how does how does college fishing sort of work and operate yeah so there's not really a division it's every single college um they're all kind of thrown in together and uh, it's a team of two anglers that competes so you can earn points for your school but you're also fishing as an individual boat so you're fishing together with your teammates for your school but also you're competing against them because there's only one boat that wins each tournament well, uh, the one thing I was going to look at, um, we can get, we're going to deep dive more into the Auburn stuff, but uh, I, I kind of want to look at just bass fishing in this area. Because uh, we mentioned the bass team, and really, I guess things, it got notoriety uh, when guys like Jordan Lee and Matt Lee were on there, um, won, na uh, won national titles, uh, individual and team. You've got a guy like Steve Kennedy that is from Auburn, he's one of the, the woolly veterans of bass fishing mark daniels jr of mlf right down the road in tuskegee uh you've got you you've got all these other guys that have come through auburn fishing you've got the auburn high bass fishing team just won a state title why is bass fishing so big in the auburn alabama area because man they just seem like they're producing it's crazy they're producing pros like like weeds sprouting <laughs> Yeah, I think that the fact that there's so many diverse fisheries around the Auburn area that makes it really cool for, you know, students at Auburn. You can pretty much drive within an hour and get to all kinds of different fisheries. you got the Chattahoochee River, like West Point, Lake Harding. Then Lake Eufaula is its own, you know, it's a big lake. It's right. an hour south of here. Then you've also got the uh, the Coosa River, which is an hour, you know, north of here. you got Lake Martin, which is a deep, clear, highland, you know, reservoir-ish type place. Right. 
So there's a lot of fisheries, I would say 10 to 15 fisheries that you can get to within an hour and a half of Auburn that you can go and just do completely different things and learn different tactics to make you more experienced when you go across the country to these new bodies of water you've never been to before. You're from the area, right? Yeah, I grew up in Auburn. I actually, me and my buddy started the Auburn High School bass team back in the day. How about that? So we're promoting a championship that they just won and you started the team. Yeah, back in the day, it seems like uh, forever ago. It was about, I guess, 10 years ago, but super you know, happy for them and happy to see them continuing on the success of the team. So did you fish your whole life growing up? Like, is this something that your family does, or how, how does Logan Parks become obsessed with fishing? Man, I, uh, I grew up you know, fishing, fishing with my granddad in his pond and our, at, our, at his farm. Just grew up liking to catch bass, and uh, I also liked to play baseball, and I didn't make the baseball team at Auburn High School, uh, or I guess this was in eighth grade, I didn't make uh-huh. the JV team, and that's when I kind of just decided I wanted to go all in on fishing. We ended up starting the fishing team that same year, a little bit later after the tryouts, and that's when we really started to fish tournaments. I'd never fished tournaments until that, until eighth grade, and we fished our first tournament and, you know, fell in love with it and got a little bit of a taste of success. In 10th grade, we came in third at the national championship on the high school level. And ever since then, you know, I've been hooked, been wanting to get back to that, that feeling of, you know, being right there and being able to try and, you know, hunt for the win. And that's just really how it started. For anybody that has never bass fished, JJ. Yeah. uh, For real. I mean, yeah. You know, a guy like me that has extensive experience in it. I mean, there's a science to this. This is not you just go out and throw a hook in the water and catch fish. I mean, this is a science that goes all the way to the barometric pressure of what's going on with the weather i mean things like that how much of that science for you the science aspect of fishing how hard was that for you to learn or was that something you were kind of naturally gifted at learning how to figure things out when you're out on the water i think everybody you know has a natural ability to a certain extent but there's a lot to learn when it comes to bass fishing it's a lot like uh i mean the, the closest sport i'd compare it to is golf about how there's a lot of it's a lot of mental toughness um, going into it. You're you're trying to break down a fifty, sixty thousand acre body of water, and it's not like fishing your little local pond. You know, most people think that you know you're going fishing, you just go out and drink a couple beers with a few buddies and <laughs> drop a, a live worm in there. You know, we can't right. use live bait or anything like right. that. So there's a lot of research. You know, spending hours looking at the map, looking at how the lake sets up, you know, what typically works that time of year, watching YouTube videos, um, you know, talking to your buddies and trying to piece together the fishery. And um, for someone that's never fished a tournament, basically how it works is we go out, you know, we blast off at like 7 a.m. and there'll be two to 300 boats in a tournament. So you're fishing against a lot of different boats and you fish until 3 p.m., that's when you come in but throughout the day you're trying to catch the five biggest bass that you can catch and it can be a large mouth a small mouth or a spotted bass and so you're trying to catch the five biggest bass you can catch once you get your five that are of keeping size which is usually like 12 inches you get them in your live well you keep them alive all day and when you catch one bigger than your smallest one you it's called culling so you throw the smallest fish back and basically just try and build your weight up as high as you can all day and we keep them alive, we weigh them in, and we release them to help preserve the fishery and keep, you know, the fishery doing well. So uh, you mentioned YouTube. A lot of that was a foreign language to me, by the way. I'll just be <laughs> honest. I'm picking up with it as I go, but I appreciate the education. Five fish. Yeah. 
They have to be alive. Totally got that part. I like keeping it alive. I like, you know, hey, we want to have the most, the largest right. weight at the end of the day to win it all. I'm I, good. I, I, you know, and I'll, I'll say this. I had another question, but, you know, something else that I'm going to say that Logan talked about is protecting the fisheries. You're, you're protecting the fish and the fisheries. There are so many rules that go into uh, both leagues, the the BASS Elite Series. They have different rules than, than the uh, Major League Fishing. But they all have things that protect the fisheries. There's rules that are in place to protect the fisheries, to protect the animals and the species there. So, I mean, it's not like you're just, and correct me, you know, or, or I know you're not going to correct me here because I'm correct with it, but <laughs> you can add to it. Oh, goodness, JJ. You okay? Yeah, drop the mic there. Yeah, <laughs> mic drop. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's not a careless thing. I, I think there may be a lot of people have a misunderstanding of that it, it's not a very careless sport i mean it, it's it is a conservation type thing yeah there's a lot that goes into it um you know that that you don't see that the anglers do to just take care of the fish obviously if you get a dead fish you get a big penalty right so there's a lot that goes into it but you know most all bass fishermen are all about conservation we want to make these waters better than they were when we got there and uh, that's the name of the game yeah. The one thing I was going to ask, you you mentioned YouTube. Um, obviously, bass fishing, it's kind of one of those uh, niche sports, I guess you could say, that, I mean, you really have to have been doing it for a while. I mean, you don't see a lot of uh, you don't see a lot of older guys jump into it for the first time and get to elite levels. I mean, this you just got to start pretty young with it, kind of like golf, like you mentioned. Um, but how do you think the Internet and YouTube is, uh, you know, especially – excuse me, specifically YouTube, is uh, helping grow the sport. Because, I mean, you can go on YouTube, you've got guys like the Guggen Squad, you've got Jacob Wheeler, Dustin Connell, uh, you've got all these other guys that have this huge following on YouTube, and it seems like it's growing the sport. Yeah, the Internet has really helped explode bass fishing. I would say during COVID especially, right. I think there's been a huge increase in people interested in just fishing in general. And... Uh, TikTok and YouTube have really changed the name of the game when it comes to bass fishing, especially professional bass fishing. It used to be all about, you know, who was the best, who was winning the most tournaments, and that's how, you know, that you made a living fishing. And now, not only do you have to be, you know, very talented and be able to cut checks and win tournaments, but you also got to be very well versed with social media. Um, there's a lot of guys out there that are, you know, on TikTok and YouTube that are doing really, really well and a lot better than some of these guys trying to fish professionally just because they reach more people. Um, so right. social media is, is one of the most important things when it comes to bass fishing right now. And I know that's something that you're getting big into. Logan Parks fishing on Instagram, but uh, you've started to get into that as well, right? Yeah, I'm trying to grow my YouTube right now, especially. Um, I've been posting some videos. Me and uh, my partner in college, Tucker Smith, we recently came in second place at the national championship on Lake Pickwick, and I just released a video on it on my YouTube page. So definitely need to check that out, and you might learn a little bit. Is this like a vlog, or like what are like a, a as we're going? I'm filming too, or how does all that work? Do you have a, a camera crew with you? How do you do that? I've got a GoPro, so okay. it's kind of just I'm filming it and putting it together myself. It's you know cheap, easy to do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hopefully next year we'll have a camera crew. Yeah, that would be nice. That would um, be amazing for you. But uh, just trying to capture the journey, you know. I'm fishing the Bassmaster Opens right now, like Tom said, trying to qualify for the Elite Series. So I'm trying to capture that journey and all the hardships along the way and trying to put that into a YouTube series. So that's kind of been my thing so far this year. Uh, 
Now, you mentioned Tucker Smith, and you said y'all finished second just recently. However, it hasn't been that long ago that uh, you and Tucker won the U.S. Open National Championship. Where was that one at? That one was on Table Rock in Missouri. Table Rock in Missouri. Uh, and uh, for we actually mentioned, when that happened, we talked about it on the show. Uh, course, I vividly remember that. Yeah. Uh, I had to make it a point of like, hey, hey this, this was a big deal. This, this is a big deal, huge. by the way. And I was uh, like, same, oh, wow. Same thing when Jordan Lee has won classics. I was like, hey, this is a big deal. You just don't understand because y'all don't know fishing. Uh, you win this tournament. The two of you split. Y'all, y'all are still in, in college now. You split a million dollars. You both get a truck. You both get a boat. Yeah, man. Talk about was, that experience <laughs> for it a was, second. It was a crazy experience uh, that – they bass pro put on this tournament it was the uh, bass pro shops u.s open amateur team championship so it was only open to what they considered amateurs and there's a bunch of rules I'm not really going to go into all that but that basically qualified you as an amateur you couldn't have won a certain amount of money kind of like golf you know amateur versus pro right and uh you basically had to have a bass pro branded boat and they own you know a bunch of different brands tucker had a nitro so we were able to sign up for the last chance qualifier basically they had eight or nine qualifiers all season long and we weren't able to fish any of them because they conflicted with a college tournament but they had this last chance one in october or i guess this was in november um and it was two days before the championship tucker's dad asked if we wanted to fish the tournament and we're like sure you know like i'd love to have a chance at winning <laughs> a million dollars like why not and so we drove out to arkansas had a couple of days of practice and we were able to finish 13th at the uh, qualifier, which they took the top 35 to the championship. And we had half a day of practice on that Thursday. The championship started Friday and it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And there was 350 boats in that tournament. And um, we were able to make it, you know, to the last day, which they cut to top 50. And they zeroed everyone's weights out for that day. And it was the biggest five. Whoever caught the biggest five fish on Sunday took home the prize and uh man we just had a very blessed day you know the good lord was watching over us no doubt and just kind of pointed us in the right direction and you know sometimes when it's meant to be it's meant to be and there really wasn't anything we could do wrong that day and yeah. it's pretty crazy that is so cool man. I, I mean there 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 are professional anglers and I mean elite level professional anglers that don't make 500 grand in a career y'all did it in one it's pretty crazy yeah. to put it in that now how, how does a tournament like that put you on the map of the the big dudes out there uh, the you know the big dog fishers of elite series or mlf you win a tournament like that and catch national notoriety because i think think y'all got mentioned on espn with that uh, does a win like that put you on the map with people who are like hey watch this dude yeah no doubt it was definitely a game changer you know for both of us both of us want to take it to pro- the professional level so the amount of exposure and attention it got, you know, that two college kids were able to go and fish against all these grown men and, and take on the title, it really got our names out there, all these different news stations, and people picked it up. We are on, you know, like probably 50 different podcasts that next yeah. week, like every <laughs> single hour of every single day, and we just wanted to do them all because we knew if we could, you know, get out there as much as possible and get our names out there, that's the name of the game when it comes to bass fishing and getting noticed by sponsors and uh sponsors you know make it happen for you so that's what we try to do and obviously that you know all the elites and all the major league fishing pros heard about it and we got some blowback from those guys actually they were i think a little upset they didn't get a fish the tournament because of the amateur status but uh for the most part it was it was just pretty awesome tournament 
I mean, I still can't believe that we were able to get that <laughs> win. Uh, JJ, I'll tell you this. I, so I had the, uh, I was fortunate enough to hang out with a lot of the guys from the Auburn Bass team. Yeah. And uh, Logan was there, and I, I kind of asked him, uh, you know, asked as the group, just kind of asked, you know, who's the guy that we're most likely going to see in the big time tournaments? Everybody pointed at Logan. That's awesome. <laughs> it was like <laughs> that guy. So that's who, that's who Logan Parks is. Even the whole Auburn Bass team is like, that's the guy that's going to be elite level. How does that make you feel when your teammates say that? Man, they're probably just lying. I <laughs> <laughs> but I would, I would sure like to be, man. That's the goal. I uh, graduated in December, and I've been fishing this whole spring. You know, I'm not working. This is what I want to do. I'm going to do whatever it takes to try and make it happen and at least give it a few years to, you know, i got a little money now, so I can afford to do it for a couple years, and that's the dream, so we're going to chase after it. Now, I, I ran through some names on here. Uh, I, I specifically mentioned Jordan Lee and Matt Lee. Uh, they were two that I guess really got the Auburn Bass fishing team not necessarily going, but really put them on the map. And uh, of course, Jordan ended up winning two Bassmaster Classics. Matt Lee has had a lot of success. Now Jordan is having a great success in the Major League Fishing. Uh, are these are those two guys that you are in contact with, or are you ever in contact with a guy like Steve Kennedy? Or are there any of the other big time anglers around that that you keep in touch with that you kind of use for? Uh, uh, just advice and and how to get keep going in the industry is there anything like that you got going on yeah jordan has been very helpful um i actually met jordan when i started the high school team and he actually took me and my buddy pond fishing and this was back when he was at auburn university before he won the basically the classic which is basically the super bowl right Uh, and he won it back to back only third person ever to win it back to back and uh so he actually took the time to take us pond fishing and then to see him go on and have that success it was really a big inspiration for me um to see that any you know any college kid can just go and do it and i mean obviously he's not any college kid but uh that was just really impressive to me to see and he's helped me a lot with right. along with my careers steve kennedy's been great too um having those contacts there's not really a a playbook on trying to go professional so (laughs) having somebody that that you you can talk to and you know you can trust is very helpful so i appreciate both those guys for sure you just got to embrace the grind yeah it's it's not easy you know you people people don't see it but you're out there in 10 degrees and pouring rain and sleet and snow and you're out there at 4 (laughs) a.m until dark every day you're getting five hours of sleep just to go and do it the next day it's definitely a grind but i love it it pays off. I mean, when you win big events like that, that's just crazy to think. And the story, again, to be 13th in qualifying, and then all of a sudden you get a chance to win the big event that you did, walking away with a million dollars, you and Tucker. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a blessing for sure, man. So uh, I'm going to ask a couple of quick-hitting questions before we have to wrap things up. We're so. going to get them for the start of the next hour, too. Oh, yeah, so we got, we're we're going to come up against a break, but... If it's cool, I'm going to hold you for a little bit longer here. All right. Well, we're going to do some quick kitten questions real quick. So uh, if I just give you one rod, it doesn't matter what body of water it is. One rod, what are you tying on? Hmm. Probably going to tie on – God, that's a tough one, man. Oh, come on. <laughs> you don't have a one go-to that's just like I – no matter the body of water, I'm throwing – I mean, let's say down south at least. Down south. Down that's south. That's going to be different. If you're up on like Lake gotta, Champlain, that's going to be – different you gotta go with a worm man you gotta worm, go okay. with a uh, a shaky head which is just you know like a quarter ounce jig head with a, like a, a long straight tail worm on it right like berkeley bottom hoppers there a you good go. one and 
I mean, you can catch fish anywhere with that thing. That's definitely the most diverse lure in the in the world. Yeah. I have nothing to add there, Tom. I mean, I, I, okay. don't, I don't have a selection. What, how would you answer that? I Actually, that uh, I, with me, it would probably be either a spinnerbait or a uh, bladed jig. Yeah, chatterbait's a good one. Chatterbait, yeah. yeah. That, as a bladed jig, it's called a chatterbait, or jack hammer, or however you want to call it, or a spinnerbait. But, yeah, I mean, Logos, I mean, shaky head, you can you can bounce a shaky head around docks, and I mean, you can do anything with a shaky head. I would say a little swim bait, too. A little swim bait, yeah. yeah. Explain this to me, because earlier you said I feel something like I'm getting about... getting interviewed now. <laughs> you said something, Logan, about no live bait. Right. Right? So, what does that mean? So basically, like, most, I feel like most people growing up fishing, me too, we'd go out and fish with live crickets, live worms at right. my granddad's pond. And uh, when we're fishing these, these big bodies of water and these big tournaments, everything's artificial. And there's some artificial lures that you're still not allowed to use. So basically, it's hard plastic, like jerkbait, topwater, crankbait, like just hard plastic lures. And there's soft plastic lures that are like worms, like imitation of crawfish, like just all kinds of different baits. But you can't use live bait in tournaments. Why is that? Because it's just too good, you know, like the bass know that it's real and they want to eat it. And it's more impressive when you can go out there and fool them for real with something fake. Yeah, yeah because, I mean, yeah, you could uh, you could go out and catch a bucket full of brim, hook a brim and throw a brim out there and yeah, catch them. Yeah. Or, or hook real crawfish and throw it. But, I mean, that's – well, I say it's it like cheating. I say it's like cheating. I mean, that is cheating. I mean, but, I mean, even – even your everyday angler understands that. Now you'll use that if you're trying to, if you're trying to catch dinner. Like yeah. if, you, if you're trying, if you're trying to catch a whole mess of crappie, then you may use something live. If you're trying to catch brim, you know, you may use worms, uh, things like that. But like anybody that's actually a sportsman, like bass, you know that it's just kind of a, it's a written rule like in the big time things, but it's also an kind of an unwritten rule in bass fishing. It's like you don't do that. I mean you. You just don't. Use the artificial stuff. Always use the artificial, yeah. 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 But then, so that's interesting that there are some artificial bait that's also not allowed because basically you're testing who can trick the fish the most, but you could be too good at tricking the fish that then that becomes against the rules. And, and one of those Logan can go into is actually named after the state of Alabama. Yeah, the Alabama rig, it's basically <laughs> a big, it's a really big bait. Um, kind of looks like a chandelier and it's got a bunch of little like bait fish looking baits on the back of it and it has you know usually five hooks uh-huh. so you can literally catch five fish at a time with it and it's outlawed in all the big tournaments you're not allowed to use it because it really is that good of a bait yeah. <laughs> but and so um, we, yeah that makes sense then basically like Bassmaster rules are you can really only have one bait uh with like you know one hook you can't have more than one bait on your line at one time that's kind of the main thing so i think with the alabama rig that they'll let you throw it but they let you throw it but you can only have one one of your baits is hooked because you'll have like multiple like five little swim baits like a school but only one of those can have a hook in it yes yes in some tournaments okay here inside our studios on south college street jj jackson and tom peavy and we are thrilled to have Logan Parks in the studio with us, a national champion 
for the Auburn Tigers bash fishing team and getting ready to start his professional career in the middle of it right now as we continue our conversation. Let's go into that a little bit more. As you said, you graduate in December, right? I graduated. You graduated in December, right? So what what have these next steps been like? Kind of walk people through what your year's been like so far. It's been super busy, man. Um, a lot of people also don't realize that the fishing, you know, the, the season actually runs, starts in the fall, and it runs throughout the summer, like all spring, all summer. So if you graduate in December in college, you can still finish out your college season. Right. So I've been fishing all college, all spring, and we've got I got my last college tournament coming up in a few weeks in September, on uh, and that's the national championship for Bassmaster College Series. So I've been. So fishing. you could win another college tournament. You're yeah, saying? Yeah, I got one more opportunity. That's so cool. <laughs> but I've also uh, been trying to make it to the Elite Series, right? Through fishing all nine of the Bassmaster Opens. So I've been gone a lot this spring. I've been fishing, you know, every single week pretty much it's been crazy i've fished over 20 something tournaments already this year um but fishing the bassmaster opens i'm in sixth in the angler of the year points and how that works is you know you first place gets 225 points and it works down so the guy at the end of the year with the most points is the angler of the year is the most consistent guy over all nine events they take the top three angler of the year like anglers to the elite series and i'm in sixth in points and we've had five events we got four more so i've got four events left to get up into the top three to hopefully qualify for the elite series next year which would be outstanding if that were to happen if that doesn't happen can you basically repeat and do this again the following year or look at other tour series or how does that how does that work yeah and i mean it'd be a dream to come true to to make it my first year right not many people at all make it the first year fishing the opens i'd say on average it takes people four to five years to qualify holy cow wow opens um and you're already in sixth right now yeah Yeah. right now i'm in sixth out of 225 people so (laughs) that'd be be really nice to make it but if i don't i'm planning on fishing the opens again next year they actually just had a big rule change where instead of taking the top three in Angler of the Year over all nine events, next year they'll be taking nine people. So I think if I don't make it this year or next year, with the way the rule change has been, I think it'll be a lot Your better Your chances for me. increase. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, they already, they're taking, what, like 1% right now, and I think then they'll be taking 11%. So the odds are definitely better than they are now. Tell me about, uh, you mentioned Tucker Smith is who you won the big event with and has been your college teammate and your buddy. Is he sort of on a similar path to you? Yeah, Tucker's, uh, he was a freshman, I guess, or I guess he's he's a junior now in college. So he's, he's a little Still bit, got a little school left. Yeah, yeah. He wants to finish out school, um, but Tucker, you know, he's an incredible fisherman and just been awesome fishing with him in college. And I have no doubts that he's going to make it to the elite series one day and that'll probably be pretty soon i know as soon as he gets out of college he wants to go and pursue it the same way so i have no doubts that we'll be fishing hopefully on the elite series together one day what does your family think about what you do you know i I think at first they may have been a little skeptical yeah Um, obviously they they've been supportive of me my whole career and you know i couldn't have done what i do without them my dad you know helped me with my getting get me in a boat and you know helped me kind of pursue my dream financially and I wouldn't wouldn't be able to do that without them especially all the way through college and fishing for Auburn we've had we have a great program where we raise money through sponsorships so I've been able to afford to fish all these different places across the country 
but I think that they kind of didn't really know what I was going to do when I graduated and it was kind of like are you you get, did you go to the job fair the other day? Like, <laughs> I'm like, no, I didn't go to that. Well, when I go to that, I'm going to fish. And, 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 like, especially, like, some of the more distant relatives were kind of like, what are you doing? And right. I think that when I when we won that tournament, definitely was like, okay, he can do deal. this. Like, yeah, they're they're like, okay, this is for real. Do you <laughs> My have any- grandma was, like, the one that was most skeptical about <laughs> it. And now she's just tells everybody like oh he, he's got the new truck and the new boat and <laughs> she's so spreading the, the news she, for she you gets it now do you have any siblings logan that are doing this that i mean you mentioned your grandpa was someone that you first went out fishing with no i actually don't have any siblings you're an only child yeah. how about that so you in the water and the family around you yeah man and my dad uh he did in tournament fish so it was kind of like just picking it up on my own and just running with it and i had a lot of great mentors you know my dad was fortunate to work with some guys that did competitively fish that taught me a lot growing up um and i wouldn't you know i wouldn't be where i'm at without those guys either who who was the first professional angler that you can remember seeing maybe on tv that you're like i, I kind of want to do this you know i gotta go with bill dance yeah. he's the uh he's the legend you know the tennessee voles hat um <laughs> Every, I mean, even people that don't fish, for the most part, everyone knows, the Bill Dance, knows yeah. of Bill Dance and his bloopers and nope. just his fishing TV show. And I remember watching Bassmaster 2 growing up on TV, um, watching the reruns of the classic and seeing those guys hold up that trophy with all that confetti falling down around them. And I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to have that feeling and be in that moment and hold that trophy up in front of those thousands of fans and it's just been the dream. I, you mentioned watching the classic and watching them hold the trophy, and I can't believe I listed off all these names and I left out probably one of the most important names in bass fishing, and that's Ray Scott. Uh, Ray Scott, the founder of BASS, the Bass Angler Sportsman Society, an Auburn graduate. And seems important. It seems important. <laughs> the, yeah. the, the godfather of bass fishing is an Auburn grad. Hey, did you did you ever get a chance to meet Ray Scott? I never actually got a chance to meet Ray Scott in person, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> he uh, he actually sent me and Tucker a letter. Tom. Okay, you know he passed away recently. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. And uh, I guess this was back in December after we won. Before he passed away, he sent us a letter, and it was a handwritten note congratulating us on the win. Just super cool That's to awesome. to see the the legacy of just entire bass fishing that goes through Auburn University. It's pretty cool yeah. to see. But nobody would be doing bass fishing today if it weren't for Ray Scott. That's for sure. Yeah, hey, that's why I can't believe I left Ray Scott out. I mean, that is literally the most important guy. I did have a chance to meet him. They used to do Bass University, and uh, a lot of those anglers came through Auburn and did whole clinics. And yeah, Ray Scott was there. I got a chance to sit down with him, and he invited me to go fishing with him at his lake in Pentlala, and I never got a chance to. I bet that would have been fun. Well, I mean, that's a <laughs> lake that presidents go and fish. Yeah. That's a big deal, then. And I got invited to go fish with the Ray Scott in Pentwell, Alabama. Incredible. I just didn't get a chance to do it, <laughs> unfortunately. Logan Parks is here with us on Sports Call today. Again, a national champion for the Auburn Tigers, a winner of $1 million, a truck, a boat. I mean, you got the red carpet rolled out for you with that. I want more stories, though, from the event. As it's happening, do you feel pretty good about your chances, or in a tournament like this again for people who have never seen this or participated how much of an idea do you have 
of what other boats are doing at that time. I don't imagine that there's some big live TV that's giving people updates while you're competing or that sort of thing. So uh, when you go back to that big win you had, were you aware of how well you guys were doing compared to the rest of the field? Well, so for most tournaments, you you know prepare for the tournament by practicing. And for people that don't fish, you've got a giant body of water like Table Rock is huge. It's got lots of I don't know how many miles of shoreline it is, but it's a lot. It's big. Um, and there's just millions of places that a bass could be, and there's a lot of water that's what we call dead water. There's just no fish there, or at least we don't catch fish there. So you're trying to eliminate as much water as you can in practice, and I believe for the the championship, there was like a five-day practice period. So there was people from the other eight qualifiers that had been there for five days practicing. And we qualified on Wednesday, right. got to practice until 1 p.m. on Thursday, and then fished the tournament Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we're, the odds were, I would say, stacked up against us no a little kidding. bit. Um, but, you know, we just rode around and, and just looked for stuff that looked good. And kind of on day one, we fished and tried to catch what we caught. And uh, we caught like 13 pounds on day one, and that actually had us in 10th place was like wow it's you know a lot tougher than i thought it would be i didn't think we would be up there so we knew going into day two um if we could just catch another 13 pounds we'd have 26 pounds for two days that would probably have us in the top 50 so we went you know we caught 13 pounds by like 9 a.m and we rode around actually the rest of the day looking for more places and kind of practicing because the way the tournament worked on the final day the weights were zeroed so it was pointless for us to, you know, catch more fish that might help on the final day. Um, and that moved us up to eighth place. So on the final day, the weights were zeroed, and there was, you know, 50 boats left out of a 350-boat tournament. It was a really big tournament, probably the biggest tournament I've fished. Um, but, the, you know, the, like, first place after day one and first place after day two, they had been catching, you know, consistently 16- to 17-pound bags. So we figured to have a chance at winning, we needed, you know, 16 plus pounds. Um, so that's, you know, what we tried to do going out there into day three. And we actually had a camera guy with us, uh -huh. which was super cool. Um, I actually got the footage of the, the tournament on my YouTube page. If anybody wants to go back and watch it. I'm going to have to do that. It's called the Million Dollar Fish. Um, but the camera guy was with us and... Our, our fishing the fish would start biting kind of when the wind would pick up and i think the current would start running around like the afternoon a little bit like 10 11 o'clock kind of late in the morning so we we really didn't catch much at all um on the final day and i think our camera guy was considering leaving and going <laughs> and getting in another boat and we kept telling him man like it's gonna happen just just wait and we rode past a place that we hadn't caught fish off of the whole entire tournament and there was a bunch of seagulls and like loons and different birds that like fish eating birds diving into the water, like hovering above the water. And usually that's a sign that there's bait Something's fish. Something's there. Yeah. yeah. Bait fish. Bait yeah. fish that are getting pushed up to the surface because there's a predator underneath them, which was bass. So we pulled up and uh, used our electronics to actually look out in front of the boat and we could see the bait right under the surface. And there was big fish all down underneath them. So we were actually casting to the fish and catching them. And I think we put 15 pounds in the boat in the matter of 20 to 30 minutes. I mean, it happened really quick. And that was, you know, significantly more than we caught the first two days. So we were pretty hyped up. And 
the payout was insane for that tournament. Like tenth place was fifteen grand. Wow. <laughs> Second place was two hundred G's. So we were thinking like, all right, we just made some money, guys. Like, let's go. <laughs> and uh, they quit biting for us. We rode around, you know, like bounced around. Like as soon as they quit biting, me and Tucker are the kind of guys like we like to fish fast. We're gonna fish for active feeding fish. So we would leave and go somewhere else. We kind of rode around and never found anything else. And with about 30 minutes of fishing time left, we rode back over to that place. And both of us caught a three and a quarter pound fish, which got rid of like a two and a half pound fish. So that got us up to what we what we weighed in, which was like 16.41, um, which we know we had a scale and we weighed them unofficially. And we knew we had 16 something. We were just like, man, wow, we, we might pull this off, but totally expected someone to come in with 17 pounds. Right. Um, but we got back to the weigh-in, and they had the top 50 guys. Like, they knew kind of unofficially what everyone had because you were supposed to submit it. So they sent 40 of them up to weigh in, and they held 10 of us. And then they came around, made us put all of our fish. So how, how the weigh-in process works, you put your five fish in a mesh bag, and you kind of like hold them in a in a bump tank which is just like an aerated tank a fish tank that keeps them alive they can swim around inside the mesh bag but you keep it closed then you walk you walk up on stage and put your mesh bag on the official scale and weigh your fish so they walked around with like a little hand scale and weighed the top 10 bags unofficially on just a cheap hand scale they wrote these weights down they sent four more guys up and so then we were like, wow, like we're in the top six <laughs> at this point. They send us up there and everyone gets in line in a random order. And they come by and ask everyone their boat numbers. And me and Tucker were in third. And they told us to switch with fourth place because they were trying to stagger it by like the biggest bags weighing at the end for, right. for the TV show that they made. And so we're like, holy cow, like <laughs> we're, we're in like the top three. And then they told fifth to switch with us so we're like all right we're in second place now like what and then they asked the guys behind us what the boat number they were and they said all right you guys are good and we we're like no like uh, we're, we're gonna get beat you thought but, you were gonna uh, finish second yeah it turns out that the little like the cheap scale they used weighed our bags the exact same because it was that close oh wow and the uh the big official tournament scale we know we walked up there and weighed 16.41 and i think those guys had 16.18 so it was roughly about three ounces less than us um but you know i didn't know if we had it or not we go up on stage weigh that in they're trying to talk to us and you know we can't even hardly talk hands are shaking like <laughs> dude just let them weigh in like let's figure out who won this thing they, oh my god crazy, it is man. so crazy that, and just to think about it logan that literally point something of an ounce is the difference between splitting a million dollars both getting a truck, both getting a boat. Right. And obviously, you're going to get paid for second place, but you're not getting all of that. And you're literally talking about point something of an ounce. Right. Yeah. That's that crazy. is just mind-numbing to think about that when it comes to bass fishing. Yeah, fishing can be a game of ounces, especially uh, on Table Rock, yeah. you know, where there's, like in Florida, there's really big fish, and it's easy to put a big gap you know in between you but at table rock a three pounder was golden and right there was a lot of 15 16 pound bags but essentially your story was remarkable it confirmed what i thought and and, and kind of what i asked you that this final day as you're going along and you're going from spot to spot and trying to find the best places 
to uh, be located, you have no idea what the other boats are doing. So, like, no you could feel pretty great about what we're doing, but damn, maybe we're not the best yeah. out of 50 boats that are remaining. Like, you have zero idea what the rest of the competition is doing. You're truly just having to rely on what you guys can do. Yeah, you know, we had no idea even when we got back. Um, and kind of something that told us that we might have a shot to win was when we pulled up to the boat ramp and obviously Bass Pro sponsored the tournament so they had all the Bass Pro Shop sponsored pros there and all of those guys came to us and wanted to like they were videoing us on their phones for <laughs> Instagram videos wow. like interviewing us and like you're talking about like pros like Randy Howell and guys like that like coming and David Walker coming and talking to us like so how'd you guys do today and we're like why are you, why are all y'all crowding <laughs> around us like and then they wouldn't tell us anything um but man i'll tell you that that winning moment was special we got to go up on the stage and they had all the fishing legends up there kevin van dam was there roland martin was there oh wow um i mean literally every bill dance was there jimmy houston was there like all the iconic the legends. You know, legends of bass fishing that made the sport what it is were up on stage with us and Jimmy Houston like grabbed me by the shoulders and was like, "I think you got him, boys." <laughs> and weighed in, and man, me and Tucker were crying on Jimmy and Bill Dance's shoulders. It was incredible. And goodness, Johnny Morris was up there and gave us the checks, and it was like that moment that I seen on TV as a kid when that somebody was holding up the classic trophy with a confetti. Yeah. But it was, you know, I was living that moment. It was really special. Did you guys have family out there with you or was this something that they were having to watch yeah, from our, back here? Our families actually flew in um, and surprised us and they were there for the way in the final day. So you so, got to celebrate with them. Yeah, then. they got to come up on stage with us and, you know, everybody was just crying. It was <laughs> it was really special. Well, something now, I'll never forget. Oh, absolutely. Well, now you've talked about, you know, you're doing these open trying to get into the elite series uh classic it bassmaster classic for folks that don't know i think you refer to it as like the super bowl i mean it is the classic is the event that pretty much if you grow up and and decide to be a pro angler the classic is it is that your ultimate goal yeah obviously you know the goal right now is to make to the lead series and that's you know the best way to qualify for the classic I want to make it to a classic. I'd like to win a classic, you know, but really I, I, the goal right now is to just focus on making the Elite Series and, you know, staying on the Elite Series because once you make it, it's not easy to stay on there either. Those right. guys are the best in the world. But I want to fish professionally and I want to, you know, be the best. And so that's kind of the goal right now is just to get on the Elite Series and compete against those guys and hopefully a classic will come down the road. You never know what could happen. Talking with Logan Parks here on Sports Call. Again, follow him on Instagram at Logan Parks Fishing. You'll be directly linked to his YouTube. Go and support him any way you can. All right, I got a couple of more for you. Again, you're far too kind with your time today. This has been a whole lot of fun. And Oh, you know, uh, you could just be out fishing. Very, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So we, we take, take a look at uh, kind of what's next for you as you've been talking about. Uh, and all your days fishing – would your teammates and, and family and the people close to you, would they say that your personality is similar when you're fishing? Do you change at all? Like Logan Parks, when you are actively in the zone trying to win tournaments and that sort of thing, what do you like out there? Man, I, I get in the zone and I get, you know, tunnel vision pretty bad <laughs> sometimes to where like 
really all I'm focused on is the next tournament or the next fish that I'm trying to catch. Um, but I would say for the for the most part, I'm still the same person. I mean, I I cut up. I'm a little goofy on the boat, and there you go. I, I like to be serious, but I also don't like to take things a little too seriously. Um, so I, I I would say I'm about like I am right now, just just uh, a little bit more focused. So uh, let's just say you're in a tournament and you catch an eight. Are you more Mike Iaconelli or are you I'm, more Jordan I'm Mike Lee? Mike Iaconelli, I'm freaking out. You're freaking I'm, out. Not, okay. not that crazy, but I'm I'm still going crazy, man. I mean, we uh, on that in that million dollar tournament, we hadn't caught you know a big one all week in practice or you know the first two days of the tournament, and I caught a four pound smallmouth on the final day of the tournament, right. and you know we were we were going crazy for that one, and you know at at, uh, at Pickwick too at the national championship. Me and Tucker had a pretty cool moment at the very end of the day on day two, and we thought we'd won the tournament, but we actually ended up second. But we doubled up, and we caught a oh, seven wow. and a four and a half. Whoa. And, uh, we went crazy. Um, and you can see the video of that, but, man, we that's probably the craziest I've gone in a long time on the boat. I'll have to show JJ some videos of Mike Iaconelli. Yeah, please yeah. do. You'd be a, your mind would be blown. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> might not want to get into fishing after watching those. <laughs> Well, see, you know, Jordan Lee, he gets – all these guys get excited when they catch a big one. But there's some that are a little more laid back. Jordan Lee's kind of a fist-bumping, you know, fist-pumping, and he's like, yeah, you know, he just, but he's kind of in there. Iaconelli is about to dive in the water and start yeah. swimming laps around his boat <laughs> while he's screaming at the top of his lungs. You put a lot of time and effort into it, I would imagine. You deserve to celebrate yeah. a little sure. bit. Also, it's, it's, it's upsetting, too, because things don't always go your way. You know, you get those big fish right to the boat, and they'll come off, or they'll oh, break yeah. your line. And so there's a lot to get upset about, too, so you got to get it. Like, I'm pretty good about, you know, keeping my composure, and that's important, too. <laughs> so so you have an eight coming to the boat, and it breaks off. Are you more Mike Iaconelli or more Jordan Lee? <laughs> Probably more Jordan Lee at that moment. Depends I can know, on if there's a camera. Uh, <laughs> I, I can, I can, Iaconelli would, would snap a rod over his leg and throw it across the lake. Yeah. I think he's actually done that on camera. So if everyday people come to you, or, or anybody really in your fishing world and community, and just talk to you about the frustrations they experience, like, I just don't want, you know, the, the, the stereotypes that are out there about, oh, we're just – you know, like you said earlier, sitting here twiddling our thumbs, waiting for something to happen. Like, how do you tell people, how do you convince them that it's worth the wait, you know, study up a little bit more on what's going to be successful? Like, how do you handle those conversations? When people try to tell you fishing is boring or something like that, or how do I improve the experience, what do you say? I would say they wouldn't say it's boring if they came fishing with me. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. uh, You know, if I would say, you know, for beginners, the best thing that you could do is just is just go fishing and not try and take it overly too far at, at yeah. once, you know. Like, you don't have to have a expensive bass boat and go fish the best lake in the country. You can just go to a pond and, you know, go to the pond on different days. Go when it's cloudy, go when it's sunny, go when it's windy, go when it's stormy, and just kind of learn what the fish do during those different conditions. And that's kind of how I got started and just kind of took it from there to, you know, fishing lakes and fishing big bodies of water and, you know, just start simple and grow from there. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, for the for the young the young anglers, they're, they're a perfect spot in this area is the Lee County State Lake uh, out towards Borgard. You can go and get in a – you can rent a John boat. You can fish from the bank if you want to, but it's nice. You get in a John boat. And like Logan said, you can go out there and 
fish different conditions, but everything is marked. It's very stocked, so most of the time you're going to catch something. For somebody young trying to get into it, that's the perfect place to kind of learn the ways. And, and yeah, instead of having a $70,000 boat with yeah. all the bells and whistles and $500 rods and reels and all that kind of stuff, you, you don't need that starting out. No. Yeah, and YouTube, too. YouTube it, is where it's out for you can, learning. You learn a ton on YouTube anything in life at this point but yeah. especially the yeah. uh the fishing community and go support logan and what he's got going on there on youtube as well and i loved your answer look if you think fishing is boring then you clearly haven't had the pleasure of going fishing with logan park so tom we're gonna have to get out there on a boat with this guy at some point I, i've been you telling him that every, 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 every time we see each other i'm like hey you know we're gonna go but uh, <laughs> the other thing i was gonna ask i think there's a, also a misconception that that bass fishing, I guess, because it was kind of founded down south, that it's, you know, kind of a southern thing, that it's a, I even want to say redneck thing. But, I mean, if you go through and you look at the, you know, the world of fishing, yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot of southern guys that dominate it. But, I mean, some of your bigger guys are not from the south. Van Dam's from Michigan. Iconelli's a northern guy from, I think, New Jersey. You well, and, and Logan, from California that are really good. For folks that missed our start of the conversation, you mentioned earlier on the Auburn University team, right? You've got a right. Canadian on the team with you. You've got someone from Zimbabwe as well. Yeah. I mean, it's all over the place. Yeah, there's bass everywhere, man. Yeah. People love to fish. They have tournament fishing actually in Zimbabwe. And uh, this kid, Sam, reached out to me on Instagram asking about the team when I was the president. I recruited him to come to Auburn and uh, – so that's pretty crazy, man. I mean, the, the fishing community is worldwide, no doubt. That's amazing. All right, let's start to wrap with this. Again, Logan Parks is here with us in the studio. You said you grew up in the area. You went to Auburn University. You're an alum. I would imagine that you enjoy Auburn football games on Saturday. Is that fair to say? No doubt. <laughs> what do you think about this Auburn football team going into this upcoming season, man? I'm a little nervous. I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen. You know, I, I uh, haven't really been following it too closely i'm just kind of it's gonna be like opening a christmas present you never know what's gonna <laughs> yeah. be what's gonna happen but auburn auburn always makes things interesting i have no doubt that uh coach harsons will get them boys in shape and get them ready to play some ball this fall i'm excited they really do make things interesting tom we know that yeah. to be true they do <laughs> <laughs> they, you know and the crazy thing to think about is we've actually got auburn basketball to look at before we even get the football. that's right playing yeah. tomorrow in that's, israel that's a right. lot going on yeah a lot it's going on. Crazy how these things work out. No kidding. Logan, thank you again for being here today, man. This has been a whole lot of fun. Tell us one more time where we can find your stuff. And look, we want people to support you in any way possible. So how can they do and, that? And the Auburn Bats. And the and, and exactly the and your team, team that yeah. you play. How how can we support you guys? Yeah, you know, follow me on uh, social media on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. It's Logan Parks Fishing. And then uh, check out the Auburn University Bass Team. That's what their name is on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Um, just uh, really support those guys and I appreciate y'all having me on it's been a pleasure we'll do this again sometime War Eagle indeed that's our good buddy Logan Parks joining us here on Sports Call